This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. Dizzy, 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 dizzy. Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I am Brian Morris. And I'm Stacey Kulo. We're both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which is a show I love, but I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. So we're watching both together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. It was our 10-year anniversary this week, Brian. Yeah, we had uh, special meatballs. We did. We made a very complicated dinner, but it was so good. It was so good. There were way too many meatballs, though. Yeah, the recipe said it would serve two, and there would be enough for leftovers, but it was like a lot of leftovers. We used it for spaghetti. It worked out well, because we were planning on making spaghetti next, and we were like, let's just put these in the spaghetti. And what else are you going to do with loose meatballs in the fridge? Well, they did have like a brown gravy on them, which maybe was not the right choice for spaghetti. But I don't know. I think it worked. It did. It was good. It was good. It had crunchy, spicy kale and mashed garlic potatoes. Which I did not expect to be as good as they were. If you guys want the recipe, listen to all our episodes and let us know. Yeah, listen to all of our episodes and then we'll give you the recipe. Yeah, the recipe will be in the final episode. Mm-hmm. We watched Christmas movies because it was Christmas. I, I watched Elf. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I liked Elf. Yeah, I, I didn't think you would. I remember it being sillier than it was. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a movie that you're like, that's the funniest movie I've ever seen. But I think it was good at the time, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe not groundbreaking, but like different. It's fun what they did with the forced perspective. That was fun. Oh, yeah. We also watched a documentary called Movies That Made Us, and there's a Christmas episode about Elf. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Any other goss? I do want to say this. If you're in a Buffy the Vampire Slayer group, can you stop posting blurry pictures of your television with, like, Nicholas Brendan in some, like, one episode of SVU and be like, hey, guys, look what I found. No one cares. No one cares. No one cares. Does anyone care? No one cares. People do this with Gilmore Girls, too. I don't understand it. It's like, hey, this actor was on a show. Like, great. If I cared, I'd look him up on IMDb and I could go find all the episodes he's in. Yeah. I think some of these actors from our shows are just in like one episode of everything. So it's it's maybe just goes without saying. But so many people are like, oh my God, oh cool, awesome. No, it's who cares? If you listen to our podcast and you do this, please don't leave. <laughs> please keep downloading our podcast. We love you. It's a good I like that you're doing it. And when you do it, it's good. But if you know people that don't listen to our podcast that do this, tell them to stop. Please. And to listen to our podcast. I just want to take a picture of my TV and be like, oh my God, guys, this is the TV I used to watch Buffy. And people would probably (laughs) still be like, oh yeah, awesome. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. So this week, we started with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And we watched season two, episode eight, The Dark Age. Stacey, what happened? Well, this episode is about diving into more of Giles' dark past and finding out that he kind of made some kind of dark pact when he was younger with some kind of demon that possessed all of him and his friends for fun, and that's coming back to haunt him real bad. And all of his friends and loved ones are in danger because of it. So it opens on a man outside of the school talking to a janitor we've never seen looking for Giles. And he's like, yeah, that's the librarian. He's behind this door that says, like, school slash classroom slash library. I don't know why this door has so many things on it. It could just say library. 
Giles isn't hearing this guy knock at the door because he's helping Buffy with her calisthenics. And by helping, I mean, he's just sitting there being annoyed by her loud music while she like steps up and down on a box. I don't know why she can't do this part of the training on her own. It's weird that he's watching her exercise. Yeah, for sure. And then he sees a woman and he says, Deirdre, but she's sort of like a zombie almost, like maybe not a vampire, but like kind of blue. And she's coming at him, coming at him, and she gets him. She knocks him down, and then she sort of, like, dissolves into a liquid. Next day at school, Giles is like, Buffy, we got a real busy night coming up. The blood is being taken to the hospital like they do once a month, and you got to go there and make sure the vampires don't take the blood before the doctors get it. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. Her job now includes making sure all the blood in the world is safe. I mean, theoretically, this blood thing happens regularly right they said it's monthly so like has there been attacked from vampires before like why is now the time for buffy to get on top of this it really is just to like have something her and giles were supposed to meet at which giles doesn't then show up at it kind of didn't matter what it was because it ended up not being significant like buffy goes there and some doctors come out to take the blood and she's like oh hunky doctors and then she's like wait a minute it's weird that the doctors are taking the blood i'm like what who I guess so. They probably would have like, I don't know, whatever a hospital busboy equivalent is come out and do that. A blood boy. But like, I would never really question that it was doctors doing it. But the doctors are vampires and they wait no time at all when this vehicle leaves and they just start eating the blood in the parking lot. That was a bit suspicious. Go in the shadows or something, guys. No, They're just like right in the open with their loud ass cars slurping on some blood. And I'm like, couldn't Angel use this kind of blood does he use this kind of blood and then angel shows up and fights these vampires off and buffy's like can you make sure the blood gets inside and he's like yeah yeah i'll totally make sure all this blood that's not part of a person gets inside yeah yeah it's not clear if he's there to stop the vampires i think we're supposed to believe he's there to like also fight the vampires like he just also happened to have thought about this yeah because he's like everybody knows about this and i'm like i think you're here for the free blood buffet angel which isn't crazy right like it's better this than he kills somebody yeah but at the same time like dying humans need that blood yeah. We never really go back to that, which is weird. I would have liked to. Also, it's just like, he's going to show up at the back of the hospital like, hey, I found some blood outside. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely use that. No problem. Seems legit. You just found that in the parking lot. Before all this, still at school, we find out that Miss Calendar is hosting a special computer class for kids who aren't so good at computers, which is apparently only Cordelia and then maybe Xander, but it's unclear if Xander actually was supposed to be going or if she just tells him he has to go because he was sassy about the whole thing. We're also getting some like Giles Miss Calendar heat. Yeah. He's having some weird dreams, by the way. Oh, yeah. He's like having visions of like demons, I guess, like horned creatures. And also we get to see his bedroom, which we haven't seen before. Oh, yeah. I was like, whoa, Giles has a home. That's cool. And maybe a drinking problem. But Miss Calendar is like, this weekend, we're having sex. Sex. She didn't say that, but we we got that. She said it. She's like, let's stay in on Saturday. And this is pre-pandemic, so. Willow's helping teach the computer class. So... Everyone's got Saturday plans. Giles finds the police are in the library waiting for him. They found a dead body and in his pocket, I guess, was like Giles' address. Yeah, because he was looking for Giles. And then Cordelia bursts in all like, I got to come in on the weekend. This is an issue. I need a book from you. And he's like, I'm with someone. 
I'm usually a big fan of hers as far as she's very funny, but this episode she's like kind of over the top. Yeah. She's just like oblivious to the police being there and other things later we'll talk about. So Giles goes to identify the body at the morgue and it's clear that he does recognize the man. This is the man from the beginning, of course. He says he knows him. He knows his name. And then he sees a tattoo on his arm, and he says he doesn't know anything about the tattoo. That's a silly question for the police to ask, though. Well, he looks at it sort of like, uh-oh, I know that tattoo. Yeah. So I, I think they were reading his eyes. Mm-hmm. And then we see that Giles has the same tattoo. Interesting. So this sends him into a whole tizzy. He takes a downward spiral. He's drinking. He's having more visions. He's making lists of names. By the way, a tizzy for an English person is like a very big deal. Yeah. It's like Christmas for us. Yeah. <laughs> they love their tizzies. Merry tizzy, everyone. And to all a tizzy. Giles was supposed to go to the big blood event with Buffy, but he, he never showed. And that's just not like him. He very clearly needed her to be on time, and then he just doesn't show up at all. So Buffy goes to his house. She's like, what's going on here? He can barely make it to the door. He's wasted. He's like, uh, it's like, it's not your deal. I, I Don't worry about it. Go away. Dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. Dizzy, 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 dizzy. So Buffy Googles dizzy, and she's like, holy cow, I want that for me. This sounds like a blast. Why have we not been <laughs> celebrating this in America? It's so funny. She, like, talks to the gang about it. She's like, he was drinking. You don't, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I don't know that he was, like, we said he was, but I don't know that he was, like, obviously drunk. Yeah, and even if he was, like, I don't know, people drink? I don't know. She doesn't know his life. Yeah, because Willow's like, tea, right? And Buffy's like, it wasn't tea, Willow. It was incredible. It was outrageous. Because, like, she didn't see the drink. Yeah. He wasn't, like, stumbling or barfing. I guess just, like, seeing Giles do anything out of the ordinary is weird for them, which is kind of the point of the episode. So Buffy knows that everyone is in the computer room the next morning. She's like, hey, Miss Calendar, I'm worried about Giles. Apparently, no other kids are in this computer class. Is it just them? It's just for Cordelia. Part of me is like, okay, it kind of makes sense that Miss Calendar's like, listen, guys, I know you're all failing because we're fighting demons every day. So let's just have this quote-unquote extra credit weekend stuff. But the way it was set up, it was like for a bunch of kids that were behind. absolutely. And really, if it was just going to be the four of them, they should have had a different reason to be at the school. Yeah. That was kind of dumb. So Buffy's like, do any of you know anything weird going on with Giles? And they're all like, no, no. And Cordelia's like, well, something about the cops. And they were like, why didn't you tell us that? Like, it wasn't important. Like, obviously, that seems like a new piece of information. She has a line I just hate so much. They ask her, what were the police talking about? And she goes, oh, I know this one. Like, who would say, I know this one? What? Do you know this one? In the library, Buffy is attacked by none other than Ethan. Remember from Halloween? Buffy calls Giles and is like, look, I got Ethan here. And Giles is like, you're in danger if you're with him. Because Giles has been making a list of people, and three of the people on this list are crossed off. And we've seen two of them die, and the other two are him and Ethan. So Giles knows that he and Ethan are, like, somehow in danger. He's really reluctant to tell Buffy what's going on, which is really frustrating because I don't think it makes sense. Yeah, because Buffy is in danger, and Buffy is, like, a freaking weapon. Like, why not use her to help you get out of this? I think he's just, like, embarrassed he's in this whole situation. And then he's like, I'm coming. So he, like, rushes over there. He's got stubble, and his shirt's not tucked in. Giles' friend, who he identified to the police, wakes up from the morgue. 
he like throws one of the morticians into the like cooler that he was in and then just like makes his way to the library he finds clothes between now and then which is a little weird that he cares enough to clothe himself yeah that's a good point then he just comes in totally clothed he wants to look good you know Mm -hmm. Buffy kicks his ass and like tricks him into the um, library cage so convenient that they have that very convenient although this demon breaks out of there pretty quick once Giles shows up knocking Miss Calendar to the ground then he just disintegrates because that's what he does. Yeah, he turns into the blue ooze like the lady did. Yeah, it's pretty bad CGI ooze and Miss Calendar's fingers touch that ooze. Yeah, she gets a little bit of ooze on her. And she gets some dark age cat eyes so we know that it's inside of her. Yeah, but Giles is like, everything's gonna be fine. I promise. I'm gonna take you home. But he takes her to his house? Mm-hmm. Buffy starts barking orders like, you go through Giles' stuff. Willow, hit the books. And they just are researching, researching. Giles is like getting Miss Calendar drunk. I shouldn't say that, but he does give her a drink. But this is important because then later she is like possessed, but she's like, why didn't you take advantage of me? He's like, I couldn't possibly. I don't want to take advantage of you in your current condition. I know that it's tizzy day, but... <laughs> I can't. It just wouldn't be right in your state. But like, at this point, he does not know that she's a demon. She's throwing herself at him. She's set up days ago that they were going to have sex, I think, on this specific day. So like, because she's had one drink, he thinks she'll... Like, what does he think is wrong with her? Because she was like unconscious for a second? That she's like not in her right mind? Maybe maybe that's fair. Her current condition is a little shell-shacked because she saw a demon, even though she's seen like several before. Yeah, I, I don't know why he thinks she's like inebriated. Because we didn't see her drink much. Yeah, she said one drink that she wanted. I mean, I guess she just said that she's in, like, not great condition. Yeah. But immediately she reveals herself as a demon and, like, goes crazy on him. Starts kicking his ass. Her voice becomes a man's. I think, I'm not sure, but it almost seems like a male stunt double is playing her in the rest mm-hmm. of the episode. Buffy comes to Giles's rescue, uh, punches Miss Calendar in the face a couple times. I'm sorry, Mr. I'm a stunt double Calendar a couple times. And then he jumps out the window. At the library, the gang has discovered the symbol that's tattooed on everybody's arm, the mark of Igon. Giles tells Buffy that this group of people, this whole list of people, was his old, like, college buddies, and they were all, like, into weird dark magic, and they would, like, get possessed by this demon for fun. And it gives the possessee, like, this feeling of, like, power and euphoria. It's, like, a really good high. And apparently there's a way to do it that's, like quote-unquote safe where you don't you only temporarily possessed but they found out that the demon can possess someone forever and like sort of grow out of them but also it can possess dead bodies until the dead body like gives out essentially or they it can possess unconscious people so they're like oh wait miss calendar was unconscious when the demon died and giles is all like oh this is all my fault i feel so bad about all this yeah he's like really embarrassed and like hesitant to share all this with Buffy which I guess that makes sense but if there's like demons literal demons from your past that are gonna come back and haunt you maybe like Buffy should be in the loop yeah there's really no reason not to tell Buffy about this demon it's like hey this demon shows up could you fight it for me that'd be great you don't even have to tell her all the details you could just be like hey there's a demon coming at me and if the demon is coming at him why don't you just get in your car and drive around for a while standing in one place seems like the worst idea well he's drunk now it's true shouldn't be driving while you're drunk 
Some of this Giles tells Buffy. Some of this comes out through information we find in a book. They did like a fun thing with Willow where she was like kind of becoming the authority figure here, like Giles more and more, going through the different tomes and like drinking tea. We're also getting some Xander and Cordelia stuff. They like really, really hate each other. But also he was like holding her half the episode. Yeah, he like tried to protect her when the demon came out of the cage. And she's like, I'm going to be in therapy till I'm 30. And I was like, just like a couple more days then. Yeah. Also, it's like, you're going to be in therapy for, like, all the things you saw before. This was the least offensive thing. How about when a woman was going to, like, cut your face? You almost got turned into, like, a zombie sex slave. You saw a Lovecraftian, like, tentacle monster come out of the ground. Buffy was almost on the cheerleading squad with you. Yeah. We're never told explicitly why this demon has come back. No. Giles tells us it's from his past, that it killed a friend of theirs, and they felt guilty about the fact that their friend died, but they thought that was the end of it. But that was like, I'm guessing 20 years ago at least. Uh, Between 10 and 20 years, and suddenly the demon's back, like, angry with a vengeance. There's never a word as to why it suddenly decided to come back. So Buffy goes to find Ethan at the Halloween store. He's like, I got a surprise for you, and he ties her up to a table and he tattoos the mark on like the back of her neck and like burns his own off with acid so that this thing comes after her instead of him. He does it so sloppily. It's like, you don't just pour acid on your arm, bro. Like, you could just, like, dab it. Yeah, like, he gets acid on more of himself than he needs to. But then also, like, I kind of hate that that happened. It's such a violation to have someone put a tattoo on you. I know. She reacts fairly well to it. And the demon shows up, and it's like, I'm going to kill Ethan, but it, like, smells the fresh tattoo on her, so it goes after Buffy. I like some of the special effects they use here. Mm -hmm. But then Giles shows up. It's the second time he's just burst into a room out of breath. How did he get there? Did he take a taxi? Probably drove. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. On Tizzy Day? (laughs) Buffy uses a screw under the table to cut her ropes. She's always cutting ropes. She's cutting a lot of ropes. She's gotten very good at cutting ropes. We know you can kill the demon by cutting its head off, but that would mean killing Jenny Calendar. But during this whole time, the gang is brainstorming, how can we get the demon out without killing the body that it's in? And Willow has an aha moment. We don't know what that is yet, though. So Buffy breaks free of her bonds. She tries to fight the demon. And it doesn't go well. The demon seems to be maybe too strong for her. It kind of, like, flicks her away with, like, telekinesis and is going after Giles. But then the door opens, and then Angel comes in. Angel starts wrestling with the Jenny Calendar and starts, like, choking her. And the demon leaves Jenny calendar and goes into angel a dead body so it can inhabit it and then there's like a weird uh flubber moment flubber face moment where the demon inside angel angelus fights igon's demon wait angel's demon's name is angelus that's not just his human birth name yeah his name is not angel or angelus what they go by their demon names he does yeah what's his real name liam oh that's nice I guess Angelus kills the demon trying to take over the body. Yeah. Sort of see it disintegrate. And he's like, I've had a a demon waiting in me for a long time that's just really looking for a fight. We're like, okay, that's weird. And everyone gives Willow all kinds of credit for like, what a great idea. But I'm like, you don't know that that was going to work. Right. I mean, obviously Angel had enough confidence in it that he went along with it, but... But also, I don't understand how Angel was able to overpower Jenny Calendar, but Buffy wasn't. Because Buffy is stronger than Angel. It should have just telekinesied Angel away. That's true. Ethan escapes. Damn. And Buffy's all like, oh, I wanted to punch him a bunch. It's like, no, don't you really want to hurt him for giving you a tattoo you didn't want? Yeah, she's like, I gotta get this stupid tattoo removed. I'm like, no, that's like a weird dark ass mark. Your hair barely covers it. Giles is like, hey, Miss Calendar, are we still like on for boning soon? But you could tell she's like 
maybe this is too much, which is sad because in the beginning of the episode, she was kind of like, yeah, I signed up for this. I don't mind that you're into the dark arts. It's kind of fun. And now she's like, mm, this this was maybe more than I'm ready for. Of course, Buffy sees all this and she's all like, hey, Giles, remember how you hate my music? And he's like, yeah, let's bond over that. I'm still shipping them. Buffy and Giles? It just makes so much sense. Other than the fact that he's also old, he's not as old as Angel. But like <laughs> both of them are, they're sort of like a unit, whether they like it or not. Yeah. They might as well just do it. They should, yeah. <sighs> I'll wait a few years out of high school before I really start shipping it, but I think it's there. Okay. We still don't know why he's called Ripper, though. I mean, I guess it's just like his old nickname. Is there a reason he goes by that? I don't know. You know. Do you think we'll get to see more of Giles' dark black magic past? Uh, do I think? I've seen the whole show. I know, but what do you think? I think we'll see Ethan again. Yeah, I mean, if we don't see Ethan again, the writers really drop the ball. Yeah. So, Brian, was this a good episode? It's tough because here's what I will say about the episode. I really liked the vibe. I agree. The vibe was reminiscent of some of the episodes in season one, like The Witch or Puppet Show, where it was like, there's this mystery, it's self-contained, it's scary, and it's filmed like a horror movie. There's a lot of tension, the music isn't cheesy, and like you're afraid of people dying. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I would not have been shocked if Miss Calendar died. Yeah. I think I said a long time ago that she could die. Mm -hmm. I I think the show, I don't know that she has enough plot armor to survive that long in this show. So I thought maybe it could have happened. And seeing Giles so despondent and like so resigned to his fate just seemed very like, that's different. Yeah, it was really cool to see a different side of him for sure. And I didn't mind so much that we didn't deal with Spike in this episode because this was also tying up a different thing that had been set up. And I don't even know if it tied it up, it just expanded upon. It was also fun to see, like, I feel like they're giving Xander more stuff to do that's not just like, oh my god, I love Buffy and every line I have is about her. And Willow's gaining a bit more confidence. Yeah. She's been taking charge in more episodes recently. And I like Miss Calendar a lot, so I think it's like fun to see her be flirty with Giles. Mm-hmm. Even though she's, again, like two weeks older than Cordelia. <laughs> IRL. So she's old as shit. Man, it's, it is really obvious how old Cordelia is in some episodes, though. She looks beautiful, she, but she just looks in her late 20s. Mm-hmm. But there's some plot holes, as we already discussed, mm-hmm. that really are kind of like, oh, would it have been hard to just write a reason for this? Like, why is the demon just showing up? Why aren't you telling Buffy about it? What is this blood thing that we never went back to? Yeah, like, I would be interested in those things. And the fight sequences were pretty lackluster. I thought Angel came across as pretty strong. Yes. Uh, also, I like that Willow saved the day. I like the stuff with Cordelia and Xander. So there was plenty to like about it, even though this episode is not maybe the most memorable. Again, the vibe is a big selling factor for me. So I would say it's like a middle of the road episode. Not great, though. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you on everything. I really did like the tone of it. It felt different. It was kind of a monster of the week, but the monster was a continuation of the plot. Mm-hmm. So it fit. It didn't feel like a... Oh, and now there's fish people. You know, it Mm -hmm. felt like, oh, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there were definitely issues with it that kind of brings it down a lot. But if it wasn't for those, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile on Charmed. Charmed is another popular WB show airing around the same time as Buffy and Gilmore Girls that neither of us has seen at all. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only in its IMDb summaries. Stacey, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile, Uncharmed, Season 2, Episode 8, P3H2O, the sisters are faced with the demon that killed their mom when it decides to start killing innocents again, 20 years after her death. 
Okay, so wait, this demon just, like, decided to start killing innocents again? Well, that's what the demon and Buffy did. I guess that's true. Was there some event that, like, demons got together and they're like, you know, we should start killing again? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I stopped. Did you stop killing innocents? Me too. We should just start killing innocents again. And we that should- must be what it is. She's in the same, like, gang as those demons. They met for wine, book club, and they were like, we should start killing again. So that's what happened. Okay. But hold up. Their mom has died. Did we know that? I guess we knew that they inherited the home, which I guess we could assume belonged to their parents. So I guess that makes sense. Can we talk about the title? P3 is the name of the club they got, which you said would go away after this episode because the devil took it over at the end. Okay, so we don't know that it's not just like a wink, wink, P3. What? Explain. I don't have an explanation. It sounds like you may have been right about that. Okay. Yeah, well, let's just assume I was right then, maybe? Okay. So the club still exists. Okay. They don't mention the club in this really good synopsis as they've all been. They don't. This title seems to have nothing to do with the synopsis. No. Is this a reference to the H2O movie with uh, the, the Halloween sequel? Oh, could be. What happens in that? Well, Jamie... Jamie... Lannister. Jamie... Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, uh, it's like 20 years since the first two movies and then like suddenly Michael Myers is back and she has to kill him again. I don't know what sparks the whole him coming back, but that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's probably it then. I'm guessing that Michael Myers, the demon from the Dark Age, and the demon that killed their mother were just all together hanging out and they're like, again, we, we just need to start killing people. Shit, are they the P3? The people three? Yep. So maybe it has nothing to do with the club. Mm, that's what I'm saying. Oh man, maybe you were right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so I've done some research, and Halloween H2O, 20 years later, the movie, did come out about a year before this episode, so it could it could very well be a reference to that. You're right. You're good detective work, Bimo. Yeah. Bimo is what we call Brian sometimes. What we both refer to me as. You do call yourself that more than I call you that. <laughs> P3BMO. Are we done? Did we figure this one out? Yeah, we figured it out. This has been Meanwhile Uncharged. And then we watched Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 8, The Ins and Outs of Inns. Brian, tell us about this. This episode is about Lorelai really trying to get started on her endeavor on opening her own inn with Suki. And there's problems along the way. Oh yeah, big time. So the episode starts at Friday dinner, where Emily's telling Lorelai that she wants to do a painting of her daughter, her granddaughter, Rory. Yeah, to like cheer Richard up because he had to go to Ohio and he's sad about that. Yeah, he had to go to Akron and oh, it's just awful. He had to eat at a coffee shop. God, for comedy, I've like slept in my car before. Like, <laughs> oh no, Richard had to eat at a coffee shop. Oh no, oh, I can't imagine. The only thing that will cheer him up is a painting of his grandbaby above his desk. So like, sure, we'll do this because Rory's a good person. At least so far this season she is. I have my intuition about some bad stuff that might happen though. It's just because you saw Tristan was in the next episode. No, that's not what I'm worried about. What are you worried about? We'll see. Will we find out in this podcast episode? We'll get to it. Okay. Lorelai's getting prepared, very prepared. This is unlike her. Very prepared to open her own inn. She's drinking lots of coffee, taking lots of notes, deciding what she can write off. At Luke's. Luke's helping her. There's a weird moment where he says to her, like, we're talking about your business. This is a business meal. You should write this off. And she's like, oh, but I'm not paying for this. Which was like, are you saying that Luke is just giving it to you for free? But he does? That's weird. It's weird that Luke gives her free food all the time. He loves her. I know, but it's not reciprocated. So she also tells him that she refers to it as like the Rachel Inn. 
because Rachel's the one that found it for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also see Jess here for a second, so we know Jess is in this episode. He's pouring coffee for some people and not for others. And he's really grumpy. Also, Luke has a toaster that doesn't work, and Jess isn't going to help him fix it, because who cares? Jess has got other things to worry about. Jess seems to know how to fix it, though. Then we see that Taylor Dosey is arriving at the supermarket, and there's police tape outside and a chalk outline of a dead body. In this town? Of course it's a prank. Just a prank. Don't worry, guys. Just a prank. Nobody died. This isn't Sunnydale. There's no Hellmouth. We don't know that yet. The police tell Dosie that it's clearly maybe a prank, that some other cop is doing a head count in the town to make sure no one's missing, which is like, how do you do a head count of an entire town? Yeah, I mean, some people are probably like in bed. Yeah, I know. It's kind of a silly idea. P- pooping. Uh, but Rory looks across the street and sees Jess and some music plays, so she knows that he's the one that did it. Yeah, she heard the music. Yeah. Maybe. It could have been the troubadour. <laughs> Might have been the Troubadour, but I don't think so. Wasn't Boots? Wasn't the Troubadour? Oh, yeah. Bootsy is back in this episode. I am on Team Boots right now. I like this guy. It's Bootsy. No, I'll call him what I want. Okay. Uh, He and I are close. Yeah. This is the guy we saw in the episode where Lorelai buys a bridal magazine, and he's in Miss Maisel. Yeah, and we find out that he, like, bought it from his dad or got it from his dad. The magazine stand. Not Miss Maisel. Or the magazine, singular. But apparently him and Luke are like the same age. They like went to school together and have a whole rivalry and backstory. But he's on team Taylor Dosey, team not Luke. Yeah, Taylor Dosey is upset that somebody did this, which I guess I understand. I think Rory's not the only one who heard the Jess music. Back at the inn, Lorelai finds out who owns the Dragonfly Inn, which is the place they want to make their own inn. And it's the woman that owns the pastry place mm-hmm. that her and Rory tasted all those sample wedding cakes. So Lorelai and Suki agree to meet at this woman's pastry shop. Suki's late. Lorelai's had a lot of food waiting for her. But she seems significantly late if Lorelai ate that much. Yeah. She was having some like issue with the food and she wanted to like, she's sort of a perfectionist and she wanted to get it right. So she was late. No big deal. Who cares? This won't be important later. The woman who owns the dragonfly sits down. She's just a bundle of health problems. She's like, I've got angina and creaky everything, and I'm probably going to die soon, but I want to own the inn forever. I don't want to sell it. Lorelai says she doesn't know what angina is, which is a lie, because her father had it in the Christmas episode in the first season. Yeah, her father was in the hospital for angina, and she suddenly, like, doesn't know what it is. In the next scene, she asks Suki, like, did you look up what angina is? was like, well, you know. You should know. I know you're a little flighty in ADD, but you should know. But anyway, this woman doesn't want to sell it. And then there's a really long joke about how they're like, yeah, but if you were to go on vacation for a long time, a.k.a. you were dead, what happens to the property then? Did you like this joke? No, I did not. I didn't either. It was too long. It was really long and absurd that this woman didn't get it. It's kind of funny that they didn't want to like straight up say it, but it either needed to be shorter or done more cleverly. Yeah, they just kept being like, you know, like if you were, you know, like uh, like a long time vacation. Yeah, they did like a weird Adam Sandler impression. It was weird. It's a vacation. It kind of doesn't make sense that she won't sell it. She's not going to sell it. They have to come up with something else to do. When Lorelai gets back to the inn, guess who's there? Someone we've never seen, but everybody loves. Igon? Igon. No, Mia. That's right. We don't know that it's not Igon, though. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, the other two shows had Igons. Mia is the owner of the inn where Lorelai works, and she loves everybody. She's hugging everybody. They're all super friendly. Rory happens to be there working. She's so excited to see Lorelai and Rory. She doesn't understand a thing Michelle says, which is like also a joke that's like, what? Yeah, it was unclear if it was just like a bitch she was doing or if she's just kind of racist, and it's the latter. She's a racist that everyone loves. <laughs> I guess. 
Because Michelle's accent is like not that difficult to understand at all. In fact, I thought in this episode he was not keeping his accent up very well mm-hmm. in places because he doesn't actually sound like that. But Mia also kind of is Lorelai's surrogate mother. Mm-hmm. She's the one that took Lorelai in when Rory was a baby and let her work there. And she wants to go to get some food, so they go to Luke's. Luke gives her like a very intimate hug. Oh my God. It's very, it was like, are you guys gonna kiss? Is someone shipping you? They were so close together. They were so close. I hope their breath was fine. Everything's great. Everyone's happy till Dosi shows up. He's all like, I did some investigations, and I'm pretty sure. Jess is the one who put up the fake dead body. And Luke's all like, I don't think so, man. Your investigations suck. Your name's dumb. I never liked you. I don't have any money because I never charged Lorelai. They do have a fight, but it's not any of what you just said. That's true. It's clear that Luke knows it's Jess, but, like, doesn't want to admit it. To be fair, Taylor Dozier's investigation is a little flimsy. Yeah. The cops in this town don't seem super legit, but also the the things he's done doesn't prove anything that would hold up in a court of law. But also Jess has a knack for stealing stuff. Yeah, it definitely was Jess. Yeah. I mean, Dosey should have been like, we heard some music when we looked from this crime scene to Jess. I do think Dosey's evidence would hold up in this town's court of law. Yeah, their kangaroo court of law, yes. Mia's all like, you guys run this so good. I can't imagine what it would be like if you guys didn't run it. Gulp. Yeah, Lorelai and Rory are both just like, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Emily's getting her way and Rory's being painted, but it's not going well. She calls Lorelai and's like, uh, I just can't get her to pose right. She's like, are both of her arms up in the air? And she's like, just one. <laughs> it is an insane pose that she's in. And Lorelai's like, do you have a freaking goose? She's like, yeah, I got a goose. This is the only joke this episode that I thought really worked, actually. Okay. <laughs> Where the goose just makes a noise. <laughs> We don't know that there's a goose there, but then we hear the goose. And Emily's just like, oh, I just think he's hungry. <laughs> and then she's like, get rid of the goose. Might have been a swan. Then there's a town meeting. Luke, Mia, Lorelai, and Rory show up on time, but apparently the meeting's already started. They're having a meeting about Jess. Obviously, he pulled that incredibly funny, brilliant, but incredibly disruptive prank of a fake murder outside of the supermarket. I don't know what they're deciding and what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess news has circulated that he's been stealing other things around town besides what we've seen. So people are just concerned with the Jess problem? Jess has to go? Yeah, I don't really know what they're going to do about it. I've changed my mind. There's actually two funny jokes in this episode. The second one is when Dosie's like, well, some woman, this, I don't remember her name, and I don't care. She was like, this woman had to go to a different store, a town away. She drove there to get a head of lettuce instead of going to my store. And the woman's like, asleep. And then Lorelai's just like, you shouldn't be driving. <laughs> that was funny, too. Uh, but there's a big blowout, as there often is at these town meetings. Yeah, I feel a little bad for Luke, because everyone is ganging up on him, and it is weird that they, like, met behind his back. But Jess did do it. Right. So, so it's tough. If Luke's not dealing with it, then, like, maybe he does need to be nudged, but Lorelai kind of defends him. I guess that's nice. I just wanted them to kiss so bad in this episode. It did know. seem like a good moment for a kiss. I just don't know why. I just felt it. I don't know that I'm going to feel that next week, but I just felt like they needed to kiss this episode. Well, he's in love with Mia this episode. Uh, yeah, he's so close to her. Oh, my God. Anyway. Lorelai decides it's time to tell Mia. It's on the walk home. She does. And Mia's like, oh, you guys are the best. Like, of course I knew you wouldn't be working for me forever, but it's okay because I want to sell the inn. This works out great. This puts Lorelai into a spiral because she's suddenly like, well, I can't afford to buy the inn I currently work at. And the inn I'm working at is going to go away. What the hell am I going to do? Also, the inn was like her home yeah. that she ran away to. Mm-hmm. So she's losing all these memories potentially. So she's upset. There's another just like troubadour moment in this episode where they like end a conversation and leave and he's just right there. 
at the end the next day, Suki shows up and there's a big fight. Yeah. Lorelai is just grumpy to begin with. And she's like, you know, if we're going to this business, you gotta be more serious. You can't show up late to everything. Like, you could put our whole business under with throwing away food because you want to be picky. Yeah, and I think some of these are fair points. Mm -hmm. But also, I I think it does come from her, like, not wanting to lose her memory home. It was a good fight. Yeah, they haven't fought before that we've seen. Yeah. Melissa was like, stop talking. Not Melissa. Well, now you know her name, at least. Uh, Suki was like, stop talking down to me. And like stormed out. She's like, I don't want to see you all. Come in tomorrow if I can remember. Yeah, I thought it was a well-written fight. They both had mm-hmm. good points and it, it, it made sense. Lorelai feels bad. She goes home. Luke is there to fix his hoopah. What's it called? Hoopah. Hoopah. The one of the goats has broken. And he's glued it. And he just awkwardly holds it together while it's gluing the whole time they talk. Yeah, I forgot. I'm like, why is he holding his goat? It's like a weird power move. But then I remembered it was glue. What a weird power move. I just brought my goat. I'm going to hold. <laughs> But he, like, encourages her to just keep going for her dreams, I guess. Yeah. It was nice, though. I feel like it was a nice Luke scene where he wasn't angry. Rare scene where he's not. Also, Jess and Rory have a scene together. Yeah, Dean's got to go in to get his paycheck, and Jess swoops in. I know this isn't important, but this scene bothered me because, one, Dean, like, over-explains why he's got to go get this check. And it's like, she's a bad person if she won't let you, like, go into your work for two seconds. You're right there. Yeah, maybe it was just to color the world of Taylor Dosey more. But then Jess shows up all like, hey, what? I'm just like, if a smirk were uh, personified. (laughs) And she's all like, what you did was wrong. He's like, I don't know that I did it. And she's like, you know, I like Luke. He's a good guy. And he's getting teamed up on. And he defended you. And Jess is all like, well, I'm much like Luke in that I can't directly acknowledge my emotions or feedback from you. But uh, maybe I will do something about that. That was actually a little funny. Three funny jokes. When she started yelling at him and then stopped and then started yelling again, he's like, oh, you got a second win. Dean comes out and Jess is like, this is your boyfriend? She's like, yeah. He's like, hmm, didn't mention him. What's up, dude? And he's like, what? What? Huh? I kind of don't buy that they haven't met because they go to the same very small school together and they're probably in the same grade. Yeah, and they're probably both the hottest people in their school. Like, you would know if the new kid showed up. And especially since Jess is very, like, infamous in the town right now, like, Dean would know about him. Yeah. But, yeah, there seems to be something brewing there. I mean, come on. We know that Jess is going to make a move on Rory and Rory's going to cheat on Dean. We know that. Just so it's clear, I haven't read any spoilers. I haven't seen any memes. So maybe I'm wrong. But I really feel like she's going to cheat on Dean with Jess. And you felt like you didn't like Jess after the scene. Yeah, I don't. I gotta say, I agree. I feel like we're going to be told or it's going to be written in that Jess is like a love interest and that he's cool and that we're going to love him eventually. And maybe I will. You know what I mean? Jamie Lannister had a huge redemption arc in Game of Thrones. But I don't like him right now, man. He's not Tristan. I don't want him to die. Right. But like, I don't like him. Maybe it's a good time to tell you that a lot of people like Jess. And I don't remember liking Jess, but I would say m- people like Jess more than they like a lot of other men that show up on the show. And maybe I will. I'm not saying that's not impossible, you know? Like, he's obviously very attractive. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch again and see what it is we like about him, because I don't really remember. He's very attractive. He's also, like, smart, right? We know that he reads books, and he's, like, got a bad boy streak, which I know a lot of people like. But, like, just, like, right now, I'm like, you're just sort of a piece of shit. But he's a kid, too. I get that. Kids are pieces of shit. I get that. Yeah. But he's not Tristan. May Tristan rot in hell forever. I hate Tristan. So Lorelai... Tristan is not a good person, and I hope he gets written off the show soon. So it's Friday night dinner again. Lorelai and Rory have to go look at the painting. It's cool. It doesn't really look like Rory, but I like it. I don't think it's bad for, like, what paintings are. 
Lorelai showed up to this in like a terrible mood. You could just tell that it's not going to go well with her mother when she shows up in a terrible mood. Yeah. Her mom's like, you're so harsh sometimes. What did I do to deserve this? I'm like, okay, Emily, you're like queen of harsh sometimes. Yeah, you've done so much to deserve this. But it was kind of not necessary in this particular instance, I will agree. But she mentioned something about Mia, which definitely sparked something in Emily. Mm-hmm. That's it for the dinner. We don't see them eating. Do you think they eat the goose? Probably. Probably eat the goose. The next day at the end, Lorelai patches things up with um, the Ghostbuster woman. <laughs> The next day, the next day at the end, the next day at the end. We're keeping that. (laughs) Sugi? The next day at the end, um, Lorelai patches things up with the woman from Spy. Lorelai's so sorry, and she should be. She was probably the most mean in the fight. But um, yeah, they decide they're going to, what, look for other places? Yeah, I guess. And then, knock, knock on the end. Emily shows up, and she's all like, "Mm, you raised my daughter, and I'm mad about it. Talking to Mia. Yeah, not to the end. <laughs> I'm building. But Mia handles it real well. Mia is like a saint this whole episode. Every bad news she gets, she's like, well, let's turn that into goodness. Yeah, she's like a magical lady. She's mad at Mia because she didn't force her daughter to come back to her, or at least encourage her daughter to come back to Emily. Yeah, she's like, I saw someone that needed help, so I took her in. But I think Emily's maybe right. Yeah. Lorelai's like maybe 17 at this point. I, yeah. I, I don't know that it's right of her to not encourage her to go home or to like contact Emily. It's tough to say. We don't know what Lorelai said about her mother. Yeah. She could have said my mom's trying to kill me for all we know. She might have said something like my dad often spends times in Akron, Ohio. And you don't want to go back to that. So Emily is like, I have to go. Don't tell Lorelai I was here. And then she like stops and she's like, do you have pictures and Mia's like of course I do I'll send you a million tomorrow and Kelly Bishop's reaction is just mm, so good she's just like holding back tears she just said so much with her face and voice in that moment who's Kelly Bishop <sighs> finally we're back at Luke's and wouldn't you know it somebody fixed the toaster who fixed the toaster it must have been Jess that's the only thing that makes sense but Jess is like I didn't fix it I don't know who fixed it Luke's like well it doesn't fix itself and he's like I don't know I gotta go to school how dare I take credit for something good I did I'm a bad guy and then he makes eyes with Rory on his way out like yeah bitch I fixed it make out with me later so Stacy, was this a good episode um I feel like it was a well-written episode but I feel like as far as the overall plot and the overall story of the show it wasn't that special Hmm. It was just about their business plan. Mm-hmm. It was cool to see Mia. Yeah. I really liked that Emily stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. I thought the fight was well written. Yeah. We discovered that there were several funny jokes as we went throughout this. Three. And I don't know. It was kind of fun to see the seeds of Jess and Dean and Rory. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't love this episode. It definitely wasn't a bad episode. I enjoyed myself. I wasn't bored. I think it would have been fun to explore a little bit more the Emily-Mia uh, relationship. Yeah, that felt kind of tacked on at the end. It seemed important and impactful, like you were saying. That's the real emotion in this episode, right? Like, the fight between Lorelai and um, Suki was good, but it, you knew they were going to patch it up. But also, it's like it wasn't like a deep fight. It was just sort of like, a, we disagree about these things, and we're both hurt. But it wasn't like a deep, emotional, like, heartstrings fight. Or to maybe see some kind of connection with Rory and Emily and Mia. Like, hey, Grandma, you're very important to me, but so is this woman, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. So which episode was better, Brian? Buffy. Probably. Right? I think so. I think Buffy was more flawed. 
Like, okay. I don't think there's a lot of flaws with this Gilmore Girl episode, like a lot of logic problems, mm-hmm. where Buffy kind of did. It did. Yeah, I agree. But I think overall, Buffy was like a more interesting episode. Yeah, it was just more enjoyable. I don't know. Like, um, Gilmore just seemed more like treading water a little bit. Yeah, it was a very, well, we need to deal with this sometime episode. The fact that they're trying to open this in, but it's really not very interesting. But I thought they filled it out well with like a lot of writing. Yeah. Maybe it all wasn't funny, but they definitely stuck. A, there's a lot of like quick little jokes that like don't matter for the story at all. But I thought the banter was good in this episode. Yeah. But I do think Buffy was probably better TV. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts about either or both of these episodes. Am I the only one who ships Buffy and Giles? Do you think Willow was crazy for putting that demon in Angel? What do you think about Jess? Do you think fixing the toaster makes him a good person? You think I'll go to heaven because of that? How do you celebrate Tizzy Days? Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content. And for comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an E-Y. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. Or you can send us a good old-fashioned email. Remember email? At brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. If you like what you're hearing, you can leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. If you want to watch along next week, we will be watching Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 9, Run Away, Little Boy. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 9, What's My Line, Part 1. Oh my god, I want to watch it right now. I know what happens. Merry Tizzy, everyone. Merry Tizzy to everyone. And to all a tip-top day. Cheerio. We're going to get canceled by the Brits. Mm-hmm.